Hello everyone and welcome to a very special off-season edition of the Brisbane Football Review. We're not going to be looking forward a whole lot in this show. Instead, we're going to be celebrating 10 years of the organisation that is occasionally known as the Raw Review, but we still prefer the Brisbane Football Review. It is James Scott and Adam here for this very special podcast. Scott, it's been 10 years since you pushed live on the Facebook page of the Raw Review. How are you going? Good. It was. It seems like a lifetime ago. It was a lifetime ago, to be honest. Ten years ago, yeah. back in July 2011, a naive university student, and yeah, it's been quite a ride over the last ten years, both on and off the field, in particular for us. And Adam, you've been around for quite a while in the Raw Review, Brisbane Football Review setup as well. How are you going? I'm good. Yeah, look, I, I was actually officially part of the um, the Raw Review until probably um, to 2016. But look, it's something that you know, I've sort of you know I remember vividly. Yeah, you know, over t- over ten years supporting the Raw, that the Raw Review was there. You know, obviously, you know, as you know, as the whole whole thing. You know, besides having the official site, which sometimes you know could be just you know, it, it was yeah, yeah. And then, um, overall, I think it was, a, yeah, been, it's been one of those uh, pages that even before I came on board, I do remember the um, early days, just seeing it always popping up on my feed. And yeah, I think it, it's been a good testament that we have been able to keep this going for so long, obviously in multiple different formats. And it has spawned into a fairly, well, I don't want to say big empire, but I would say it's become a primary source for a lot of people for coverage of not only the Brisbane Raw and the A-League and W-League and whatnot, but also for the National Premier Leagues as well. So, I mean, first of all, say, Scott, good idea. Thank you. It started off as a couple of social media pages and a blog, and it's morphed into a whole lot since. Yes, definitely. And, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, 10 years to the day. And I suppose a big question uh, before we get into some of the more memorable moments of the past decade... What the hell made you think this was a good idea? Like I said, naive university student. I think that pretty much sums it up with too much time on my hands back in the day. I had too much time on my hands. I just played PlayStation a lot. Yeah, well, the other reason was, was, I remember at the time, it was just after the Raw's first grand final, and there was very little on social media at the time. I mean, I think Twitter had only just been formed back in 2011, hadn't it? Something like that and Facebook certainly wasn't as popular then as it was now and there wasn't a whole lot on there so that was one of the drivers behind it as well funny story about Twitter is the sole reason I got a Twitter account was for the 2011 A-League Grand Final because Ivan Franjic actually said if he got a certain number of Twitter followers I think it might have been 3,000 or something uh, he would dye his hair orange for the Grand Final he didn't but he got at least one new one in me that day so there we go Adam how did you? I suppose. How did you come on board with the raw review in the early days? Um, it was just a case of I've known I've known Scott for for you know over ten years now. You know, we've sort of you know we followed the raw as keenly as we you know back then as we did now. And uh, look, it just seemed like a natural fit in the end. And like I at that time was doing sort of my own project on Facebook. You know, with you know my extensive sports coverage for those who've known me for many years. You know, I I, st- I did stop it in two thousand seventeen. Um, I won't go into reason why, but um. But but uh, yeah, but it was, it seemed like a natural fit as well as that you know that while you know supporting the raw, it was also you know you know being sort of almost side by side you know having my my coverage sort of you know and the raw view there and about and um and like I said for, for many years for many of those years it was the primary place as far as you know, where I got the information for coverage and whatnot and in the end it was just a natural fit to go oh well you know what we might as well just merge yeah definitely and I think it's been for the better, because obviously you're quite good at doing those uh, quick hit updates and whatnot as well. Uh, In the early days, though, obviously you were trying to find ways to get likes and build an audience on the page, Scott. Do you remember what your first post was and what were you doing to try and get people to notice the page? Yeah, this was a debate actually at times with myself and Joseph who helped co-found it back in 2011. It was, we thought, all right, what we need to be big to launch it and the Raw had been teasing that, a kid announcement coming up, and thought, all right, we'll hold off and we'll wait until that that announcement drops. And that was basically the first. But I think it was something along the lines of tagging at Brisbane Raw FC and then new kits on the end of it. 
and then basically when you did that on the right hand side of their page it would pop up in the thing in in like a little comment section so spamming that along with a few other others like the a league and some others like that at the time that was how the initial audience growth went on facebook and obviously twitter you just hashtag everything just about yeah and eventually you did get noticed enough to be invited to the liam miller presser Yes, a few years later. I think they were to smoke out who was running a few of the pages. I don't think the Raw cast were there, but I remember talking Brisbane Raw were there as well because Paul Fredrickson, who who co-founded that page, was there. I remember having a good chat to him about the way social media was going at the time and how, how everything was going. And that was basically the first opportunity to get involved in anything involving the Raw outside of the match day experience as a fan. And it was the Liam Miller press conference, as you mentioned, and confirmed Liam Miller did foul Bessart Brucia. Fact. <laughs> he did admit that, and um, yeah, I think that'll be a good note for anyone who's listening over in Perth. But on that, that real- wasn't my question to him, by the way. No, but it, oh, I would have taken credit for it anyway. But it was a good, I suppose, yeah, reward for the dedication you'd had to covering it for a couple of years at that point. But just thinking about, like, back about that, Adam is, you know, it, it is good to see the club that. Uh, at the time, was taking notice of some of the other outlets that were out there outside of the quote-unquote traditional media that plenty of people complain don't do enough to pay attention to the A-League. I think it was part of the sort of new paradigm that, you know, at the end of the day, social media back then, it was it was a sort of sleeping sort of giant, not compared to what it is today. Like, so, social media today almost dicta- dictates the agenda almost. But back then, it was sort of early sort of recognition that, you know, you, you had your traditional uh, media, such as, you know, Marco Monteverdi at, um, at the Courier Mail at the time, and you know, I'm can't remember if there was a few others, you know, if AAP and, you know, whatnot were also covering it. But uh, Marco was the man at the time that, you know, basically all all the stories pretty much ran through him, good and bad. But it was sort of a recognition that, you know, some of these uh, fan pages were starting to get, you know, starting to get sort of noticed that, that, you know, that if you want to move away from that whole News Corp empire and whatnot, that people seem to start to get pretty, you know, annoyed with. Uh, they, they were coming onto Facebook and Twitter and seeing, you know, pages like, you know, the Raw Review, like um, talking with some Raw, and uh, even and even to a point, the Rawcast back then as well were um, sort of they they were probably at their their peak. Yeah, definitely. And you know, this is a project that over the past decade, you guys have poured blood, sweat, and sadly, occasionally some tears into. Where uh, there was a, an announcement made by the Raw Review during a game about Shane Smeltz allegedly signing a five-year deal with the Raw, Scott. Yes, there was certainly a few, not tears that night, but there was a lot of frustration. It was actually March of 2014, a home game against Adelaide United, which the Raw consequently did win on the day. But my my overarching memory of that game is not, not the goals that were scored. It was just thinking, how am I going to deal with the impending disaster of the, the our social media platforms because this was at the time when at least for me anyway Suncorp was a black hole technologically I could not get my phone to work on social media there so I couldn't do in-game updates at all so basically on the way home I was devising a plan in my mind of how we're going to do this and then I ended up writing two separate posts one about the game as a recap and then secondly one basically saying that the Shane Smeltz thing is not accurate we don't tend to post things that are not attributed to a source because that's basically the one golden rule that we've gone by in the last 10 years and basically posted those two things back to back it was quite a frustrating afternoon and the one time we've gone against that that rule yeah and it is a probably a good reminder as well not just for what we do but anyone who's running those sorts of pages is you know if you are looking for notoriety you can spend five or at that point three years doing everything right but all it can take is one to completely screw things up, which is also why it's uh, a good lesson to anyone who's looking at doing their own stuff to make sure that make sure that what you're saying is correct because you can screw up a whole lot in the space of about 10 seconds. Um, but yeah, good news is not too much got screwed up in that time. Uh, I actually do remember that game against Adelaide as well. From memory, it was a 2-0 win. And I can't remember the goal scorers on the day, but that's what I'm going to stick with. Um, Because I also remember that uh, we were sitting near those flamethrowers they had behind the goals. 
this is before I was involved with the Raw review, by the way. Yeah, you know, sitting there, they had those flamethrowers down the dead end and just thinking, it's summer, why do they have to shoot fire around? Well, like, luckily for us, uh, Scott and I, we were up in row 27, so in Bay 332, so we didn't feel the flames that much, but uh, but yeah, no, that's a fairly interesting yeah. point. Just back to that story about Shane Smeltz, it was actually Adam who showed it to me on his phone five minutes after kickoff. <laughs> what, what on earth is this about? I have no idea. But whoever posted that, I'm going to strangle them metaphorically and virtually when I get home. And that also explains why I never met the person who posted that. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a little bit of good fortune over the years as well, though, uh, with one Mensa Katishi. Yes, this was a... I remember quite vividly, it was a cold, dreary, wintry Saturday afternoon. I was on... On the Raw's Wikipedia page, for something completely different, actually, I was probably writing something up for the old blog site, and I remember seeing like, this Mensurka Tishi list as a full, like, what is this? I've, and I clicked on it, because sometimes people put their own name in there thinking, ha ha, how funny is that? Clicked on it, he's actually, it was actually a legitimate player, and I sent it to you, Adam, and said, do you have any idea what this is about? And you had no idea either, so we just ran with it, as the thing, according to, basically screenshot, and said, according to Wikipedia, Roar has signed Macedonian International Mensur Katishi. And within about five minutes, I had somebody who's very well connected to the Roar, might have been running the den at the time, asking me, how on earth did you hear about that? That's not meant to be announced until next week. <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, either the player himself or his representatives had jumped the gun and put it on and updated his own Wikipedia page at the time. So, that, so that, that's how that one came about. Yeah. That, was quite, that was quite funny. That is... We 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 allowed to name the. Uh... Let's let's just leave it uh, and say and just yeah. say that is almost as phenomenal as um oh, I forget which Arsenal signing it was um had the announcement leaked because their brother posted Instagram stories of them doing their photo shoot at uh, London Colney. So they were all gearing up for the big announcement. And then went oh this idiot's brother has posted it online already. Guess we better run with it now. I think I think the funny thing is that I think nowadays we almost expect it that there's going to be a leak um, on an Instagram or you know somewhere like that. But back in 2014, this was just you know, absolute luck, you know, in, in running that you know that it actually saw this because back then you know people weren't as popping, weren't weren't as in vogue with social those social media sites. So for this to appear, that that was like almost you know the other part of the end of a rainbow. As far as you know, especially for for the raw review. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, sadly, that was um, the high point of Mensa Katishi's career with the raw. <laughs> it didn't well, quite actually, work out. Probably, did it? No, I, I think the five goals at Olympic. I think was the highlight. Oh God, I remember. <laughs> in a friendly, <laughs> let's call it a sign of things to come. It didn't quite work out in in many different ways. Yeah. Now, there is one moment that continually gets brought up in conversation with you guys over the, uh, I want to say, yeah, over the five years I've been involved and it involves a National Youth League game at Goodwin Park. Was it the morning after an A-League defeat? It was. It was, so it was a Saturday, it was Saturday lunchtime kickoff, actually. It was, they used to play them at really weird times, but it was a Saturday afternoon kickoff, probably about 1pm. I think they were playing Perth, is it? Adam, they were playing? They were. And, they were. Yeah, it was a, at the Raw, so the Raw in the A-League had played Melbourne Victory away from home on the Friday night and lost, I think 1-0, but they'd lost. And pretty much it started to, there were starting to be rumours of Mike, Mike Mulvey might be in some trouble, but it was actually at this, we were sitting in the grandstand at Goodwin Park about midway through the second half, and I was looking down at my phone because I was doing updates on our Twitter feed, and I saw a post from Marco Montoya at Courier Mail basically saying, exclusive, Mike Mulvey sacked. And I showed it to Adam, and I said, wow, look at this. Then the person over my shoulder, I don't know who it was, but I said, what does that say Mike Mulvey is sacked? And you could just hear it going through the crowd for the next five, ten minutes. And you look over, just down to our left was the Raw's media tent, and they were scrambling to find out what on earth was going on because they had no idea about it either. So that was quite bizarre. Yeah, let's be, let's be honest. My memory of those NYL games, um, you know, was that it was a fairly cruisy gig overall, uh, especially for the Raw media team, because, well, let's be honest, it was the NYL. And, um, yeah, then the biggest story broke. I remember being down at my 
uh, down at uh, DF. Oh, not DFO. Uh, what's the one at Harbour Town? That's it. Um, yeah, going shopping, and next thing you know, yeah, he was he was sacked. Yeah, and that was that was just a huge shock. It, it was one of those um, where were you moments almost as a Brisbane Raw fan. I I, I know where I was. I was at Goodwin Park with, with Scott. But um, yeah, I think you, if you took a poll, you know, for those long term Raw fans, where where were you that day? Um, yeah, I think you have some some fascinating sort of stories out of that, and I think a lot of people also would say that the club has never been the same since. That it's always that that the it was almost like the glory days of the Raw as far as you know, championships and you know ex- excitement and all that died that very moment that that exclusive that Marco Monteverdi put out saying that Mike Mulvey had been sacked and then everything, the turmoil happened beyond that. And the people would say that the club has not been the same since, for better or worse. It's, that's sort of, I think, those are nostalgic things. Yeah, I've never seen so many people looking at their phones at a football match and not giving a damn about what's happening on the field. And that includes probably the family and friends of the players who were on the field because everybody was on the phone looking at what is going on. But at least this time for me, I was actually at something related to football when a, the Raw coach left because when Ange Postacoglu's departure happened, I was on the way home from the championship parade and then when Rado Vidicic's tenure departed, I was Christmas shopping. So... It just seems to note to Warren Moon. Just make when I'm not home, you just be careful because <laughs> coaches seem to leave when I'm not home. Note, note to Warren Moon. Can you give us a heads up, possibly, so we can clear our schedules? No, Warren's doing a fantastic job. But that's not. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> current related stuff we will be talking about today. Yes, definitely. Um, just on that as well. I remember was it? Yeah, when Ange officially left, I was driving home from a shift at my job because uh, I couldn't get to the. Um, championship parade after Ange left. And then when Rado left, I was actually down in Melbourne with my, well, then girlfriend, now wife, uh, having dinner uh, because we'd been down for the Raw Victory game in 2012, which from memory... I was, I was at that game as yeah, well. Uh, that, was a ver- that was a very interesting um, time at Amy Park that afternoon, especially just knowing something like that felt... It did feel like it was coming. But anyway... That was probably the big moments of the first five years of the Raw Review. And then October 5, 2016, I think it's fair to say things changed, you know, I would like to think for the better when uh, I came on board and we launched the first episode of the podcast. Coming to you from the Switch 1197 studios, this is a debut episode of the Brisbane Football Review. My name's James and I'm going to be your host for the next 27 odd weeks as we go through the A-League season. I'm joined by Scott and Adam. Guys, welcome. Hey James, how are you? James, good to be with you. Thanks guys. Now we're presented in conjunction with Outside90.com and the Daily Football Show. We're going to be working with them throughout the season. Now, first of all, let's start with some introductions. Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well I've been a Brisbane fan pretty much since day one and people probably know the Raw Review on social media, Facebook and Twitter. I co-founded that in 2011. And here we are. So That's it. So this is the next step for that page going Absolutely. into Brisbane football? It's about two months in the making, so good to get started. And Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, basically, my so I guess, small claim to fame is that now I guess a bit of a presence on Facebook. Um, obviously, big, big Raw supporter. Been there most of, uh, of their time. And, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, like I said, it's good to be on board. Excellent. Now... For those of you listening through Outside90.com, you might have read some of my stuff doing Socceroos coverage, and it's just great to be talking for once instead of writing. All right, so let's get started. Um, what do we want to do with this, Scott? What do you hope to achieve out of the Brisbane Football Review? Well, it's uh, we're growing further. We're going to hopefully integrate with some of the other fan channels around the league. And yeah, just podcasting, maybe some videos. Yeah. That's it. We're going to be uh, doing those video pre- uh, match recaps after the yes. Brisbane Raw Melbourne victory game on Friday night. Yes, so. I believe they're doing fan cams as well, James. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be talking to the drunk people outside Suncorp Stadium and editing out all the naughty words that they say. <laughs> all right, so let's get into the off-season that's been for the Brisbane Raw. And that was just a little clip of our first episode being recorded at the Switch Studios at Yuronga, which were either... I, I want to say either an oven or an icicle. It really did depend on uh, if we wanted to have the air conditioning rattling in the background. But it was a new experience for all of us, wasn't it, Scott? It was, and I, I can guarantee you, when I, when I told people I went to school with, 
that I'm now on a podcast like you really you you could barely spring three words together at high school when you were trying to do do presentations in front of the class and now you're ho- now you're part of a podcast so it was it was a it was a strange step for me to jump involved in something like that because public speaking has never been my strong point and, you can, and I'm sure James will argue now it still isn't but it's improved a little bit in the last five years but no it was it was a good step to take wasn't it to launch into a podcast and it's been a lot of fun well I want to hear your side of the story uh, on this. Um, actually, I want to hear both of your sides of the story as well, because the, well, how I got involved with um, the Brisbane Football Review was through Outside 90 slash The Daily Football Show. So obviously, as many people know, I've been working on sport, or well, trying to work in sports media for longer than I care to admit. But um, yeah, I got recruited to Outside 90, uh, doing stuff for their site in 2015. Um Moved back to Brisbane in 2016, um, still looking for a media job after the first one hadn't worked out up in the Wit Sundays because of, well, I can't get into that. Um, and kept saying, hey, if there's any opportunities on the Daily Football Show or anything else popping up, multimedia, I'd love to be involved. They put me in touch with you guys because they were planning on launching the fan network and that's how I got involved with this. And I wasn't actually, I think I was actually only originally supposed to be a bit part contributor, but because um, the original host actually got a grown-up job, um, I wound up kind of falling into the role, and look at me now. He did. Tim, it was actually Tim. I was doing some media work now up in up on the Sunshine Coast, but he actually moved up to Rockhampton not long after accepting the gig to host the show, and it was actually... It was, actually if, it was Tim who recommended the Raw Review at the time, or Brisbane Football Review, to Outside Night. He said, this is a good platform for you to launch a podcast on. Cause I, there was some half-joking conversation with Adam and myself, we could do this, and never really went anywhere beyond that. And I'll tell you, James, the reason why you became more involved than, than you initially planned is you were the only one who knew what you were doing, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I don't think Adam had much of a clue either, but that's how it all started. So shout-out to Tim, who was the conduit between the Raw Review and Outside 90 that got that link going. Well, there we go. I, I will also say yes. I had been doing, I think, yeah, a live radio show on... UQ's Jack Radio from, I want to say it was 2012 through to about 2013, end of 2013, 14, give or take. And yeah, I was trying to just keep the skills sharp for that while I was looking for a job. And I'd say it's been a fairly fun five years doing that. And yeah, I just remember that first episode thinking, should we actually plan something about what we were going to talk about? Um, yeah, like, um, my memories of it is that, yeah, like, I, I, so I always fancy myself as, you know, someone who is better, can better communicate through words and writing than in speaking. And it, it was so... I, it, I was actually nervous myself because, again, and it, it even probably comes, you know, through, you know, at times, you know, even now that, you know, sometimes it's a lot easier to pen your words or type your words rather than express them. And I guess being, you know, doing, you know, this... Yeah, you know, the podcasts, everything that's come up. Like I said, it just opened up a new sort of, you know, you know, sort of dimension as far as you know, be able to do things. And it has helped in my in my job. It's what helped in my in just my life in general. So it's more than it's for me. It's more than just football. It's like I said, it has actually helped me in my proper job. You know that I that I do I do to this day. Um, and yeah, and and like I said, but. Who who can't knock back you know Alicia following something that's been a passion for a long time and talking about for a couple of hours every week? Yeah, absolutely, and I I will say as well like you guys made no secret of it in those early episodes you were um, blanking bricks at that point. Uh, so I, all I was trying to do at the time was well first of all not steal the show and turn it into the James Project because I thought that was probably a one way ticket out the door and also you know, try my best to make you guys sound like you knew what you were talking about. You did the best you could for two people who had no idea what you were doing at the time, but (laughs) I remember at the time we would get about 30 seconds in and have to go, cut, cut. There's a lot of things left on the editing room floor that in those days, which would mean ratings gold if if James didn't blow up the studio and mean that 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 audio has been lost forever. (laughs) I I will say that... Uh, heavy editing stopped after about four weeks because I kind of just wanted to get the recordings done inside an hour and a half. 
especially for a 45-minute show. And I would like to point out, I didn't technically blow up the studios. Uh, the air conditioning uh, had... Uh, I, I think the air conditioning in the server room or something had crapped out, and because of that, the computers had overheated, which meant that we couldn't record and had to come back the next day and try again. At least that's what I'm... That was... Uh, from, from memory, that was... Uh, I. I think it was a um, Socceroos game where I think they, uh, I'm pretty sure they lost and it was probably the most heated as far as, um, as far as our opinions go on the men's national team had been obviously, and we were only, I think it was only six or seven episodes in and the only, that wasn't the only thing that was heated that day as it turned (laughs) out because it blew up literally. Yeah, but since I was the one pushing the buttons and whatnot, I got the blame for it. So, you know, it, it happened. Yes. Um, yeah, but we did obviously make some, we did, we did clearly make some inroads in that first season, um, when, you know, we, uh, got our first exclusive interview, which was with the Raw's new signing, Farheed Ben Kalfala, and we should say, you know, a big thanks at the time to Mark Kingsman and Shane Stefanudo for giving us that opportunity to, you know, in, have the first crack at, uh, a new signing for the Brisbane Raw. It was a really special experience for us just realizing, oh, we are actually doing something that's getting noticed and being well received. Because I suppose when we when we do what we do, we always worry that, you know, we might make a joke that might get misconstrued by somebody or, you know, say something that might get taken out of context, especially if it's played to someone who might not be aware that occasionally we can all be a little bit sarcastic. And that is the important thing to remember as well is, yeah, I, I it was a nice little reward for us as well getting to do that. It was, and uh, if I recall correctly, James, you knew who you were interviewing that day and you held it over us for the entire week, if I recall. It was three days, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun getting to do that. I just... I just... Yeah, we met outside. Yeah, we had a. You guys had a four-player shortlist, which Ben Kalfala was on, and I said it was one of those guys, but that was as far as it went. So, just if you are listening in the uh, Raw or any NPL Club media department, we can hold a secret. But yeah, that that was also yeah that was good fun. Obviously, getting to do those, um, getting to do that, and I think that for a while that was actually probably one of the most popular Facebook posts, a photo of that interview with Ben Kalfler as well. The only thing that really does bug me about that is you can see underneath my jeans, which had just slightly climbed up, that I was wearing compression socks from my run, which I know is something that will only bug me, but I guarantee someone's going to go back and look up that photo now and comment on it and go, nice socks. I was the one who took that photo all those years ago, and I didn't notice that. <laughs> so you just... You just... I would have had you no idea if you didn't mention it. So you put you just completely added yourself <laughs> on that one. Oh, I know, but th- this is just proof of how overly neurotic and OCD I can be. <laughs> but anyway, that podcast um, it, it led to plenty of phenomenal things. Just some quick stats overall. So the Brisbane Football Review flagship show has done 187 podcast episodes over the past five seasons of the A League, plus 15 specials. That does include. Um, well, that started with the Ben Kalfala interview. However, one of my fondest memories doing this doesn't actually come from the podcast itself. It actually came from something that we did in conjunction with the Raw Supporters Federation and getting to... As Adam coughs up, coughs up a lung in the background. Um, Sorry. Yeah, getting to um, do that Thomas Broich farewell forum um, with the club and the Raw Supporters Federation. And... Obviously, it sucks seeing Thomas Broich leave, but it was a really memorable night, and I think it was a fantastic way to send him off uh, on a good night. Yeah, my most fond memory of that is, firstly, we got some signed memorabilia from Thomas Broich that night, everyone in attendance, that was really cool, but we actually filmed that for the Royal Supporters Federation, and Adam had the camera the whole time in his hands, and he did well to manage to hold on to that for that long, but I remember, remember this was... Just like a day or two after Mitch Nichols had his unfortunate issues in <laughs> Sydney, and and that video popped up with him paying tribute to um to Thomas, and everyone just burst out laughing, and 
I had to hold that in because I just didn't want my laugh overriding the audio of the of the video. But that was absolutely hilarious. You did well to host that. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was. You want to hold that together because that could have gone in many different directions at that point. Well, thankfully, I should also point out it was largely a question and answer from the audience, so it was helpful just having a fairly cooperative group of people just wanting to ask questions that were, I'll be honest, nice and friendly and not wanting to yell and say, please don't go as much as we'd love him to stay. Um, two, like one other thing I did uh, want to uh, cover as well was when we did shift our focus away from the Brisbane Roar and focus on the national team, the 2018 World Cup in Russia, where we did three live shows streamed over Facebook Live. I think they went quite well from memory. Like I think we did have, you know, uh, viewership that topped four figures overall on those live streams, which was a lot of fun. The first one was at the Pig and Whistle with um, Liam and Alex, oh, which was... I'll just, never forget that night. That, that was just... Oh. That was ridiculous. Like, yeah. Couldn't move, but I just remember the place exploding when Yednak scored that penalty to make it 1-1. But then I also do uh, remember those other two live shows we did at Lions, which were also a lot of fun as well. And we were really glad to uh, be afforded the opportunity and get to know uh, Rob and the people at the club there through that. Yeah, look, um, it's it been multifaceted. Yeah, and that's uh, the one sort of the one thing as well is that, um, yeah, we not only have we covered, you know, do we cover Brisbane Roar and hence the reason why we... You know, we always have been lobbying, picketing, you know, Facebook for changes because it's more than just that. And look, there's been some great experiences, you know, you know, doing doing podcasts in places. And the way, so the one that sticks out in my mind was at the Pig and Whistle for, you know, Australia v France. That was just, you know, incredible that night. Now doing, not only doing the live stream, but then actually the show like doing the show and then actually watching the game with all those people, you could not move. It was that packed. I would like to point out that I, like, because of my day job with Entain, I actually had to work the Portugal-Spain game that morning to be granted that night off. It was so worth it. I think I was running on about two hours sleep, but uh, that was unbelievable. Scott, what were your memories of that night? Uh, I was at home on my couch <laughs> nursing a flu, so that wasn't wasn't great. But I do remember watching that stream. But you mentioned the two games at Lions; they were really cool to be able to do that. And what we're talking about, the good Lions, because we did we did we should transition into talking about the fact we do cover the MPL as well. And that was actually the first game we covered in the MPL was I think Lions versus Brisbane City at at Lions, and it was just basically I think the Raw had a buy that weekend, and we were pretty much at that point our MPL coverage revolved around following the roar around the grounds basically everywhere they went we'd go and watch their game we thought let's just try it one game this weekend let's see what sort of traction it gets and it turns out it was an absolutely smashing success but I have to say because we went to an FFA Cup tie there three days later because the Lions lost at home to Brisbane City in the league and then they went to Roach they played Roachdale at home and went all the way to but I'm not partial to either team here but just if they don't win this game, we may never be invited back to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, we have been invited back a few times, and it's been great fun covering the NPL. And not just at Lions, but everywhere else that we go as well. And was, and that, was that that? Sorry, just one point on that. That Rochdale FFA Cup game, was that the last game that Warren Moon actually played for Lions? I was about to ask the exact same question. I'm pretty sure it is. He came on that day. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And he put himself up front and scored a smashing penalty. He did. In the shootout. Yes. So, yeah, I'd say uh, the podcast has just been phenomenal. And before we, well, just while we finish our wrap up, I do just want to, you know, give a couple of thoughts on like the overall direction we've taken over the last five years as well. And I suppose for me, like what I always wanted to do was just like be part of a show that wasn't just the same generic stuff you get all the time. You know, you can hear like the, the number of sponsorship requests we get at uh, work or like podcasts that sell themselves as, oh, just a bunch of guys sitting around a table having a beer and, you know, shooting the breeze. I was like, that's not original. I like, If you want to do that, you can go talk to your friends or you can just go sit at a bar and hear a bunch of people just talking stuff. I, like, I want to give people a reason to keep coming back and saying, okay, I'm going to get something unique when I listen to this show. And I think that's one thing that we have done really well is 
trying to offer a little bit more insight and analysis than just three guys sitting around a bar table. And it, it has been really good. Obviously, you know, it does require a little bit more prep than, you know, just doing, than just showing up and talking, but it really has been worth the effort doing. And it is something that I've really enjoyed over the past five years. And obviously getting to have you guys at my wedding as well, that was one NPL game that we weren't able to cover live, but I think we had a pretty good excuse for that. And it, it was a real pleasure being able to include you in that as well. So it's, yeah, it has been a, a fun five years and I'm really glad to have been a part of it. Yeah, well, it's that clear as well is that, you know, um, so I I have alluded that, um, that you know, way before I joined sort of the Raw Review and all that, I was just doing my own. And the, and the reason, and the reason why um, I stopped was because um, my my uh, mother was ill at the time. And then, um, and then, then I was, a month after I got back from the US on a holiday, she she passed away. And at that time, I, I was sort of weighing up whether you know to continue um, with her or you know, no, obviously it's it's sort of hard to sort of describe, but. The one thing that I remember my mum saying is when she was sick was that you, know, you need to do something that you enjoy that will keep you engaged, and this was it. And you know, I know you guys supported me through that. I know you've been through that yourself, James, with passing your father recently. And you know, like I said, it's it, for us. It's more than you're right. It's more than just oh, we we just sit around talking football all the time. There, there there is a lot more that goes to it. And I think I hope that you know, yeah, I think that our following is sort of dictates that, you know, I think people understand that, you know, there is a certain passion behind this. It's not just, you know, we're doing it for the money or doing it for the cheap seat, cheap tickets or whatever. That, that, you know, we genuinely love football. And that's, but also as well, on top of that, you know, we genuinely, you know, love everything we do for, you know, for football in this state, you know, for the Raw, whether, whether they ask for it or not. Uh, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, while we do appreciate, you know, the ability that we've had, like the ability we get to access a lot of these games, I think Scott and I can attest, and you can as well. We're definitely not in this for the money. But and on that as well, like it, it has afforded us all sorts of like amazing opportunities. Like obviously getting to you know attend the FFA Cup matches as accredited media, getting to you know talk to coaches post game, getting to see a lot of their unfettered reactions, like hear their emotions, and just. Yeah, see, see that from a different perspective as well. And obviously, for me as well, this has afforded me just a phenomenal opportunity to get into live commentary because I know like when I was brought, uh, contacted by Football Queensland, one of the things they said was like they listened to this podcast in uh, some of the people in the office and kept thinking I'd be good at it. So it has provided us with all sorts of opportunities. But I, I want to go back to you on this, Scott, just getting to talk to the coaches and players and officials and just getting to see how they ride the wave of emotions as well. That's been just unbelievable since we've really stepped up our NPL and uh, A-League coverage and W-League as well. It has. It's not just the um, A-League where we talk to the coaches. We go around to all the NPL grounds. That we, well, every NPL game we go to, we always speak to a coach or a player. And that's been really, really cool because you, it is, it's great to get their insight as well, and particularly at that level where if... If, look, I mean, and not to pump ourselves up too much, but there's not a lot out there in terms of media content with um with um the NPL clubs in terms of well, it certainly wasn't two years ago. This year, a lot better at putting their own stuff out internally, but there wasn't a lot out there with that. So I think it gave a platform for a lot of coaches to to speak and to give their thoughts on the game. But it's been it's been really really fun actually. It was something which I didn't really appreciate until actually I did some stuff for the Commonwealth Games in 2018, and you get that instant reaction from the players and the coaches after after those events. That's what gave me a real appreciation for it. And cause I think that was about a year or so into us doing the the um, A-League press conferences there in about, terms yeah. of accredited media. So, yeah, it was that gave me a real appreciation for it. I think it's something we've... It's been, that's where the thing I've really enjoyed in the last two years is that element of being able to go along as accredited media and to get the get the reaction of the coaches and the, and the players involved where you can in terms of their thoughts on the match. I think that's something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think also as well, it's actually working alongside and, you know, going to press conferences with, you know, professional journalists as well. Like, you know, we were always grateful, you know, getting, you know, Marco Monteverdi's insights, you know, when he was, when he was, you know, the man on the ground here and, you know, and these days, you know, with Ed Jackson at, um, at AAP and, you know, a number of, you know, you know, of media personalities over, 
over time. You know, we've even you know had run-ins in the um not run-ins as such, you know, <laughs> interactions like that. But but you know, we've seen interactions with you know the you know Andy Harper, Brenton Speed, uh, Simon Hill a couple of times. Um, so just to see that other side, you know, to be being being creative media ourselves, but seeing how the professionals do it, it's also I think that's what's also contributed back to what us striving to you know, continuing to improve is to see how that how they do it, you know, the professionals and our little um our little organization, we just try and, you know, just continue. Yeah. And look, I, I will say, I, I, again, I'd like to think we bring a certain element of professionalism to what we do as well, even if we are just still technically operating as amateurs. But yeah, it, it has been quite a lot. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, it is something that Long may it continue, because I'll be honest, I don't think Scott's going anywhere. Do you, Adam? <laughs> nah. <laughs> we are all officially under contract here until Mark Zuckerberg allows us to change our Facebook name to Brisbane Football Review. After that, you can all do what you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. I would, I would have thought. I would have thought Zuckerberg would actually have given us a 10th year anniversary gift and actually let us change our name. But obviously, that didn't come. So that's the incentive for the pair of you. Get that name changed and then you're free to fly and do whatever you want. I'll get Dennis Denudo on it right away. All right. So, you know, we've we've covered the past 10 years in, you know, all its glories and whatnot as well. Um, I suppose the big question for us is uh, what's next? And I'll, I'll be honest, the main thing that um, I wanted to, I suppose, use this show as a chance to announce as well is we were thinking that for season 2021-2022 of the A-League and season 6 of the podcast, we're going to be looking at adding a fourth permanent member of our little team here. Uh, Just, you know, obviously going through uni, uh, looking for opportunities to help build my resume, getting to do things like this were huge in terms of just building confidence, uh, sharpening skills and whatnot. So, um yeah, we're going to probably spend the next few months scouring Southeast Queensland and try and find the best possible contributor uh, that we can bring on board for a fourth team member. So if you're interested, by all means, get in touch with us. We've got a few ideas in our minds as well. But um, yeah, we would love to expand our little team. We're not fussed on who it is necessarily. We'll take you know young, old, male, female, anyone really. It's just... Uh, Let's see who's around. I think that's... But I think it's also worth mentioning as well that, you know, we have had some, you know, contri- you know some contributors also over the years as well, you know, five seasons of Brisbane Football Review. So it hasn't been just us three while well, we are the core of it all. Um, we have had some, you know, some, some, uh, some, I guess we'll call them special guests, you know, contributors and all that have all added to um, the show, you know, for, for whatever reason, you know, for, for whatever cause or, you know, their, their expertise or just, you know, just their analysis of just like us. Well, I will run through the list of guest contributors that we have had over the last five years on the podcast. Obviously, we've had Simon Smell, Vince Rigari, Angela uh, Basic before she went to Tokyo, you know, buggered off abandoning us. But um, hey, she may be back before too long for all we know. Um, obviously, we had Chris from the Raw Corps as well. Liam and Alex from Queensland Socceroos fans. Um, Scott McCormick, Campbell, and I think that's just about everyone. Um, I don't. Th- I think that's the, they're the main guests that we've had over the years as well, and it's been a pleasure uh, working with all of them. Oh, and we did also have uh, Richard. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, uh, that's right. From the Raw Supporters Federation, he came in for a couple of uh, spots as well. We did also have. I think, and then we had a couple of um, yeah fill-ins while you were away in America in season one as well. We had Griffin and Richard as well, another Richard. So there we go. Those are yeah, those are the contributors that we would like to thank for their help over the years, and uh, we may be adding a fourth name to that list in the coming years. Obviously, yeah. If you are interested, um, get in touch with us. We'll help fill you in on everything that goes into producing the Brisbane Football Review all year round. Absolutely. If you're wanting to involved in anything, or it doesn't have to be involved in the podcast, you want to get involved in covering matches, whatever it is you want to get involved in, we're open to pretty much any suggestion, aren't we, James, of adding to adding to the team in terms of... Because the more people we have, the more we can do. Yeah. And, 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 and the, oh, the there is one compulsory thing. You actually have to like football, which 
you know, maybe. <laughs> I know is, that a, pro- is that a rule, is it? Is that a rule? Yes. I'm officially out. <laughs> yeah. So there's some days I think, oh, jeez. Oh, and, and uh, I'm just what? pulling an executive decision here. No Tottenham fans. Oh, come on. Eh? Oh, come on. <laughs> if we're ruling out clubs where people can't come from, Tottenham is a long way down the list. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, and obviously uh, something else, uh, we're going to have new podcast introductions for next season as well. I'm disappointed you didn't ask which club was at the top of that list, James. It's pretty damn obvious. Yeah, Any... insufferable, bo- insufferable Boston fans. We've already got one, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and that's come up a lot over the last five years too. And how? But um, on that um, new contributor as well. Yeah, obviously, like I, you know, was able to get my start thanks to the generosity and uh, help that some people uh, were able to offer over the years. So it would be nice to try and help out someone. Uh, who may be looking for a little bit of career development or just skills sharpening or whatever, we'd love to find ways to add to the team. And obviously, you know, I say we're adding a fourth, but if there are, you know, two good people, three good people, we're not going to try and waste uh, talent. So, yeah, that's what all I really wanted to say for that. Adam, there was one other thing you wanted to say that we were going to try for next season. Um, was that world domination, wasn't it? <laughs> um, at the very least, Southeast Queensland. Yeah, at least Southeast Queensland. But yeah, look, just just to just to harp on your point as well is that obviously with uh, football Queensland as well with the expansion um, of the league next season, or well, we think that's on. Um, yeah, like I said, it's we're not we're not we're not the FFA in that we're not going to go. Oh, we're only going to add one and stick to it. Uh, to, to your point, James. Yeah, look, um, this is a team effort, and you know what? If we've got yeah, you know, however many people you know that want to join and contribute to this you know fantastic cause, then you know what? Yeah, you know, we're happy to have you. Absolutely, this is team effort, and long may it continue, Scott. I'm going to give you first uh, go at the thank yous for, well, the last 10 years. Oh, well, firstly, thank you to everyone who's jumped on board as a contributor, not just well, focusing on both of you, James. No, you've been absolutely fantastic in the last five, six, seven years with Adam as well. It's been great having you both on board, and it's probably been the thing that's underpinned the growth the most is what is the effort that you've both been able to put into to growing it in terms of the time over the weekend, particularly, to be able to put in to get out to do all these things. So thank you both for that very much. And of most importantly, thank you to all of our followers on social media and our listeners on this show because without you, without you, it actually genuinely wouldn't happen because we'd just be talking to nobody. So thank you all very much. And who knows, we might do this again in 10 years or maybe our replacements will. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, look, um, look, adding to what Scott said, also you know, thank you to everyone in, so I guess in the football community in general you know for accepting us and you know and you know, giving and giving us the time of day and actually you know treating us so you know at least you know you know to to help us you know help them you know this especially at the sort of local level you know we, we like to think that you know we we are there not to give you know be the gotcha people trying to you know embarrass or find that you know that headline you know we, we're generally there to try and help that help those in um, the local football meet to, to have a voice, to celebrate them. And, you know, it's fantastic seeing a lot of these players that, you know, that have gone through MPL and now uh, find their way in the professional game to say, oh, no, look, we, you know, we, um, you know, we were there. Like, I know a, a memory that... Uh, that we ha- that we have as well, so with Dylan Winslow Halls, that James, you were there that grand final night that you interviewed. I I happen to see a photo of it on um my archives the other day, and to see him now, he's you know you know a multi year you know professional and you know playing at West United. So moments like that, you know, they're they're the past. But you know, I guess in my in summary, you know, my thank you is just to the football community general for accepting us and you know allowing us to tell their stories and just you know, allowing us to be us. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I suppose, first of all, I just have to say thanks to you guys for, well, welcoming me on board as a late arrival. But it's been a, yeah absolute pleasure getting to do this over the last five years, getting to know you guys and um, working on the podcast and all the other stuff that we've tried to do. Some, some bits have succeeded, some bits, let's just pretend they never existed, but... Uh, Overall, it's been, yeah, a lot of fun for us doing 
uh, to do. Thanks to all the followers on um, social pages. Thanks to everybody uh, who has listened. Obviously, as Scott said, we wouldn't be do. We probably would have stopped if we weren't um, getting the numbers of listeners that we are. Uh, big thanks to everyone who's contributed to the show in any way, shape, or form, whether it's been as a full episode guest, people like Simon Smale. Um, no, he's probably been the most common guest we've actually had. Uh, Alex Socceroos fans, Liam, uh, Angela, obviously, for still being the leading swearer into the 187th <laughs> episode as well. There should be a trophy and an award for that. Yeah, something like that as well. Um and above all else, we really do have to say a big thanks to the Raw, the people at the Raw, obviously, um, you know, in their time as media manager, Shane, Aaron, and now Matt, um, obviously, when he was there, uh, Mark Kingsman, and now David Pure, and all the other staff members as well. We obviously really do appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us and all the help just taking the time to answer questions and just, yeah, point us in the right direction sometimes uh, when we've been looking for other stuff um, to do it. and obviously all the players the coaches A-League W-League um, NPL as well um, oh and of course Michelle as well from the Raw as well went she wasn't there when I was around so that's why I may have forgotten that um, but Michelle was at FQ as well um, yeah all the players the coaches anyone who's taken the time to just stop us and say they really enjoy listening to the podcast it, it is nice to know that what we're doing is appreciated that is you know, why we're doing this, obviously, not to try and stroke our egos. Well, actually, maybe a little bit for me, but the important thing to remember is we're not going anywhere. We've got a whole lot more football to come, obviously, starting with the NPL Sunday show this Sunday. And uh, I'm sure Adam and Scott, you guys will be back with a bang for that. In the meantime, though, the regular edition of the Brisbane Football Review podcast will be back later in the year as we gear up for another exciting season of Brisbane Raw A-League and W-League football. And we cannot wait to bring it all to you. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thanks, uh, James. Thanks, Scott. And also as well, above all and all the thank yous, I feel I've got the thank you to guys, but I thought that would be pretty... Um... That'd be pretty straightforward. That yeah, no, like I said, no, I think I touched on a number of points of the show, so how much it's a pleasure being uh, working with you guys, and may it long continue. Yes, and Scott, congratulations on surviving this for 10 years. I'm going to see what I can do to you over the next five years. My plan is to try and send you grey. Let's just see how it goes. <sighs> Lord help me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Good to talk to you once again. That's it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a fun trip down memory lane. We'll be back with more football later on the Brisbane Football Review. In the meantime, get out and enjoy the games yourself, and we'll talk to you later.